0: Hi, I'm Lisa Moore, one of the pastors here at GT Church in Victoria, BC. Welcome to our podcast. All of the content you'll find here is meant to point you to Jesus and to encourage you in your journey wherever you're at. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Thank you, Pastor Lucas, for, uh, for that honor, and it's very humbling um, to receive uh, from you in that way. And thank you to this wonderful church. you. The 20 years that I've been here, it's been a true gift, honestly, to me. Um, uh, because I think I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. You, as a church, have taught me so much. Um, you've taught me how to love. You've taught me how to endure. You've taught me how to persevere when things are not great. Uh, how to walk through trial. Um, how to walk through transition. Um, you, you've taught me... Uh, truly how to serve, um, how to choose unity even when we don't agree, um, how to walk together and how to keep vision in our hearts, how to make an impact on the kingdom, and how longevity has great value. Um, because I'm, I'm just one voice over the almost 100 years of GT, uh, it's family, it's years. Um, and now as we step into becoming Coastline, um, I'm just I'm just here in this season with you with great joy. I, I just want to say I'm humbled. Um, I'm I'm your brother in the Lord, and we do this together. And I'm so thankful that you give me the privilege of serving you. And so I do love you, and I'm I'm grateful for uh, this day that we have. So. Um, Let's, let's have church. Let's look in God's word together. Hey, let's do that. So um, what would I rather do on my 20th anniversary than preach? It's pretty exciting. Thanks for coming to listen today. But I, I want to say that we are at the end of this series. It's called Future Church. But I'm not going to talk today about something that really is visionary. I'm actually going to kind of pull back, and I'll tell you why. Because we've been talking about renewal, right? We've been talking about renewal. And when when we talk about renewal, we're talking about making old things new. And how many of you know there's some old things we can't lose? Yeah? Some old truth that we have to hold on to. In fact, there's some ancient things in God's Word that we mustn't ever let go of. Amen? And so I'm going to preach a message that is on a topic that we just don't preach about very much anymore because it requires explanation. And so I'm going to do that. I'm gonna preach about it, but I'm also gonna give the explanation. If I had a title for my message, it is The Power of the Blood of Jesus Christ. I wanna talk about the power of the blood of Jesus today. And you're going like, oh man, why did I come to church? Any vegans in the house? Don't worry, we're gonna be okay. It's going to work out fine. Just trust me for a few minutes, okay? So here's what I want you to do. If you have a physical Bible, you can open it. We'll be looking at Hebrews 9 and then another little passage in Hebrews 10. If you don't have one, there's Bibles in the back of the pew in front of you. Um, and I'd love it if we read along together. If you go to page 972 in the Bible that's in the pew in front of you, then you can jump in with me. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 9. 9. Um, And I'm going to read several verses because I want us to actually get this concept in our hearts. I won't do a lot of explaining now, but by the end, everything will come in for a landing on the explanation. The power of the blood. The power of the blood. Hebrews 9, starting in verse 11. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here... He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands. That is to say, it's not part of this creation. He did not enter by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from the acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? And now if you'll jump over to Hebrews 10, let's start reading in verse 19. It says, therefore, brothers and sisters from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 So you're going to go to lunch with someone today, or have somebody over, or have a conversation later, and church might come up, and they might say to you, Hey, how was church today? And hopefully you'll say, oh, it was really good. And then they'll say, what did you talk about? And you'll have to tell them that you talked about animal sacrifice at church today. And that's when they'll call for their Uber. It'll be time for them to go, right? This is an odd place for us to land. But I want you to know that understanding the power of the blood of Jesus Christ is transforming and revolutionary It will change things for you because you realize when you understand the power of the blood of Jesus, you realize how it really can be true that you are saved. It's wonderful. I want to pray. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come. You have been invited and we welcome you now. Holy Spirit, would you speak to us? Would you open up our minds and our hearts to this picture of the power of the blood of Jesus. And would you remove the veil that often is present for people? Lord, I pray for deep understanding and for the joy of that revelation that comes through this word. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, we all get things wrong, don't we? Um, it was 1999, and the tech world was exploding. And there was a, a search engine that was called Excite. I don't know if you remember Excite, but it was kind of a big deal about 1999. And um, about, about uh, midway through the year, two men who had a business, an idea, a company, and they were already starting to, to work you know, their ideas out, had the, had the plan to sell their concepts, their ideas, their business to the CEO of Excite um, as a part of their search engine. And so they came to him and they said, listen, we'd like to sell you our business and our idea. And he says, okay, how much do you want? He said, a million dollars. He said, no way, forget it, it's not worth a million dollars. So they went away and they thought about it and they came back and they said, okay, fine. $750,000, and he said, forget it, I'm not going to give you that much money, that's way too much money, I mean, it's 1999, that was a fair bit of money back in the day, and so that was the single biggest decision in that CEO's life, because the name of that company is Google, and it's worth $1.4 trillion now. (laughs) We all make mistakes. When was the last time you made a mistake? I mean, that's a pretty big one. That guy's probably still not over it, right? (laughs) Uh, I make mistakes sometimes, but I do want to point out that my wife is a criminal. (laughs) I asked her point blank, Have you ever had a speeding ticket? and she said yes. She's paid for her crimes, though. Um, I'm a criminal, too, though. so I was, in a, I was in a traffic jam in Victoria, which, first of all, who has time for that? Right? We're just not used to that. Who plans in their driving, other than the morning commute from the West Shore, who plans for traffic in Victoria? I was in the city of Victoria. And all of a sudden, I come to a full stop, like a long way from the light. Something's wrong in the intersection. And so I finish listening to the whole Uh, album that I was listening to on my phone and as I'm sitting there in traffic I reach over and I I did it I touched my phone I moved it I selected new music and just as my finger touched the new music literally out of the hedge a police officer comes (laughs) I couldn't believe it and he's like you pull over and I was like are you serious So I pull over along with half the other people in the traffic jam. I think they caused it, to be honest. It's a plot. If you're a police officer, we do love you. Prayed for you yesterday, actually. Okay, so pull in. He bangs on the glass, and I roll down the window. It's a button, not a crank. Anyway, I roll it down. And he says to me, is there any good reason why you were on your phone? And a lot of options... You know what I mean? Like endless options started flying through my mind. And uh, I realized that, you know, I shouldn't lie. And so I said, no, there's absolutely no good reason why I was on my phone. And he said, thank you for being honest. I'll get you your ticket and I'll get you on your way. That guy over there told me a story. So he's going to stay here a while. <laughs> there was like five cars lined up. And so he processes my ticket and I get the, ticket and I see how much it's going to cost me. Yikes. And then I'm on my way and I'm waving goodbye to all the other guys who are still sitting there because they had a story to tell about why they were on their phones. We all make mistakes. Um, That mistake continued because ICBC had something to say also about my being on my phone. So I paid dearly for my crimes But what was the last mistake you made? If you don't remember, ask your spouse, they'd be happy to tell you. (laughs) Or your child. Yeah, we all make mistakes, we all get it wrong. How many of you have made a mistake? Don't raise your hand. I know you did. I don't know what you did, but you did it. Mistakes, it's just part of life. And you know, it's interesting to consider this idea that actually at the beginning, like when God made the world, when he made the earth, There was no error, there was no shame, there was no guilt, there was no sin, there was no dislocation between us and God, but then we rebelled against God, that's the story of the Bible, and as a result of that rebellion, now we live in a broken world, we're a part of the brokenness, and we have a dislocated relationship with God and with others, I don't know if you've ever dislocated a finger. I have in sports. You know, it gets jammed or whatever. That dislocation is painful in itself, but it also causes pain to radiate. And, and really, when we start to understand the brokenness that we live in, we realize that, yes, there's a dislocation between us and God, and, and yes, there's a dislocation between us and others, and that radiates through our world. And as a result, there's brokenness, brokenness everywhere. And and this is a picture of what the Bible calls sin. Because sin isn't just something we do when we make mistakes and we let each other down. Sin is a condition that we inhabit as human beings. And some would say, oh great, I gave up my long weekend sleep-in to hear you talk about sin. Some of you might be saying, I've got enough problems. I don't need any more bad news. I feel bad enough already. I don't need a sermon that makes me feel worse. But listen, this is not a sermon that's going to make you feel worse. I want you to know, this is a sermon about good news. This is a sermon about good news because the truth is, is you don't have to be a prisoner to your guilt and to your shame any longer. The good news is that although we've made mistakes we can be liberated, completely and totally liberated. It was G.K. Chesterton that said sin is the only part of the Christian theology that can actually be proved. You can prove that sin exists, just look around, right? Just look around, just check the headlines, just look at your own life, just take a look at the news, watch the news, or you can say almost every single day, wow, People are flawed. People are broken. People live broken lives, and they all make mistakes. And so this should be an encouragement to us, because we're not alone in this. We're actually all in this together. This predicament, this brokenness, we're all in it. And the reality is, when we make mistakes, we feel the weight of it. Oh, man. Man. I did that again. It weighs heavy on us. Guilt comes, shame comes, negative emotions come. And so I wanna give you a picture. Let's say that this whiteboard is like your, your consciousness, like this is your life. And, and, and this is how you, this is your internal, external feelings. This is this is sort of you, okay? And, and and what we've said is that there's a reality that we all make mistakes. The word sin actually means to miss the mark. It was first used in the Greek sense in um, an exercise of archery. And when you miss the bullseye, when you miss the target, it was a sin. And so the idea is is that we've missed the mark. All of us have made mistakes. The problem with sin is that when this happens, it weighs heavy on. And the result of that is that we feel shame. And many of you can understand that. Maybe even today you're sitting here knowing your mistake and feeling the result that is shame. But when you put sin and shame together, something really heavy comes on you, and that's guilt. Guilt comes and weighs heavy upon you. And so your sin produces shame, and that shame results in guilt, and you feel like you want to, like Adam and Eve, you want to hide from God. You want to hide. And and, and that's the goal of sin. That's what the enemy wants for you. He wants you to move into this place where guilt causes you to hide. And you know, that's just what's going on inside of you. The truth is, I, I said that, you know, there's, there's this brokenness, this dislocation with God, but also with other people. And so some of you have really, you've really suffered on the outside because pain has entered your world through somebody else. I mean, maybe even, I'm, uh, this is painful and this is really hard to talk about and, and we need help with this, but maybe you've been a victim, a victim of abuse, And the truth is, is all of these things lead us to understand that our world and our experience is broken. And so why do I share this with you? Because I want you to understand that this becomes the landscape of every human being's life. And the truth is, this circle, this cycle, represents the toxic core that every human being suffers with outside of the power of what Jesus can do. This is a reality. And the truth is, you can can take your pain, and as a result, your behavior can lead you to sin, which will bring you to shame and more guilt. You can take your abuse and you can use it, and it can become a negative influence in your life. And so, what you can see with me is that this cycle could just continue and continue forever and ever. It's a broken picture psychologists and therapists can help you begin to pick this apart they can begin to point at certain things they could help you start to see how it all fits together but the truth is the cycle without the intervention of Jesus continues in a human's life their entire life and what can happen is as a result we we look to fix it we look feel the mess of emotions on the inside and so we take a mask and we put it on because we don't want people to really know what's going on and so we we hide it but the truth is we still feel pretty broken on the inside and you might have to say well Andy I have to put on a mask I have to cover up because when I look in the mirror all I see is this stuff that's all I see and I want you to know that I understand and I, and I want to just point out that this hiding that I was talking about, this hiding either behind a mask or, or literally, physically, just hiding our lives from others, it can show up in many places. It's not, it's not just like going into a dark room and closing the door. Sometimes it shows up in our appearance, the way we present ourselves. Sometimes it shows up in you know, a, a countenance that's angry to keep people away. Sometimes it shows up in like I'm gonna I'm gonna mask the insecurity with you know a new outfit you know do a little bit of retail therapy right. There are times where we use our appearance as a way to kind of make it through. Sometimes we use relationships. Relationships can be healthy, but they can also be very unhealthy. And sometimes people will jump from relationship to relationship, trying to figure out the mess of emotions, trying to hide and fix it. And then other people move into self-medication. We've seen this a lot, where people will actually use drugs or alcohol or other means to try to just numb the pain. And the reason why I bring this up is because I wanna tell you something. You're not alone. This is the human condition. I'm reading Ecclesiastes right now, which is potentially the low point in the whole of the Bible because Solomon is feeling pretty blue and he's talking about how messed up things are. He's reflecting on a broken world. And the truth is, this is our reality. Our culture is dealing with this every day. We live in a generation that doesn't know how to deal with the pain doesn't know how to deal with the guilt, doesn't know how to deal with the shame, and they're wishing there was a TikTok or an Instagram filter that could cover it, but the truth is it doesn't work that way. So what do we do? What do we do? Some conclude, well, I'm just not lovable. And So what I'll do is I'll take this mess of emotion inside of me and I'll, I'll weaponize it. I'll use my emotions as a way to exploit others or to get what I want. I'll use my sexuality, I'll weaponize it, and I'll use it to get what I want. I'll use it so that I can feel good. At some point, I can feel okay about myself. And this is really the consequence, my friends, of looking down. Looking down and seeing us, seeing our guilt, seeing our sin, seeing our shame. But so many times we don't realize that we're looking in the wrong direction. Because God has something better for us. We won't find the answers in here. It's not a matter of self help. It's not a matter of self improvement. It doesn't deal with what's going on in here. We need a rescue, we need a rescuer. We need someone to take away the guilt and the shame. I grew up in Arizona and dirt roads were a way of life. And mud was real. I mean, it's dusty and dry, but then the rain comes and when the rain comes, it's mud. I loved mud. As a kid, mud was the best. You get your big trucks out and you play and you dig and you make holes and it's great, it's awesome. The problem with mud is that I wasn't that thorough at getting rid of it once I was done playing with it. And I don't know if you've ever had mud dry on your skin. Well, you can rub it off and get rid of some of it, but the residue always remains. There's no way to really deal with the dirt that's left behind unless you do what mama says and get the soap and the water and scrub it off, right? And I think we have to understand that even in our desire to take care of ourselves, to help ourselves, to remove the stuff from ourselves, that there is a key ingredient missing. And when it comes to our spiritual lives, when it comes to the mess that we might feel on the inside, I want you to know that there is a pathway and a key to being rescued, and that key is repentance repentance. I'm I'm sad to say that in some places, repentance has become a bad word. Admitting guilt is dangerous. It's like you've been in a car accident and they say, don't say sorry. How can I not say sorry? I'm a Canadian. The first thing I say is sorry. I say sorry when it's your fault. But there's something about repentance that seems to almost become like the blood of Jesus. Like, these are words we just don't like hearing. Let me reframe it for you in the words of Eugene Peterson. I love what he says here. Repentance is the no we say to the world's lies and the yes we say to God's truth. It's a rejection that is also an acceptance. It is a leaving that develops into an arriving a no to the world, and a yes to God. Isn't that so good? Doesn't that make you feel excited about repentance? Doesn't that make you feel like you want to embrace that concept? It's not a woe is me, it's a realignment it's about understanding that you can access power. Repentance is a revolution. It's revolutionary. And, and it's because it's the thing that frees us from the guilt, from the shame, from the sin. Repentance is our path, it's pushing the reset button. And the key to repentance and why repentance actually works is because there's power in the blood of Jesus. That's why it works. Otherwise, it wouldn't work. It only works because we're appealing to the blood of Jesus, and it is powerful, powerful. So as I mentioned, I'm apologizing to vegans because we are talking about blood, but I want to bring this into a not a gross context, but in an understanding because there's great significance in the blood, even in ancient cultures. Anytime there was a wedding, anytime there was a feast, anytime there was an alliance or a covenant, there was always blood that was shed. It was part of the practice of something special happening. And, and, and in the scriptures, we find that the blood actually created access to connection with God. So if you think about your cell phone, we just changed um, our, our Wi-Fi. So you may, be, you may have been uh, distracted my whole sermon because you're trying to get on the, the Wi-Fi network and you can't hear at the church. But when you think about that Wi-Fi network, here's what I want you to think about. That Wi-Fi network needs a password. When you have the password, then you connect, right? And I want you to understand that that's actually the same as what we're talking about. The blood is the password to get the connection to God that's, that's the picture of the Old Testament the Old Testament in order to get a connection to God there had to be innocent blood that was shed for the guilty to purchase that connection you know when you think about blood any of you who have given blood you know it's, blood is a picture it's a picture, greatest picture of life blood is life when your blood stops flowing, you're dead, right? That's it. It's over. Because the blood is a picture of life. It's a, it's a grand and beautiful ultimate sign of life. And so in the Old Testament, we'll read it in just a second. Once a year, the high priest, who was one special person, would go in. Once a year, he would come in with blood. Blood for himself and blood for the people. And he would sprinkle the blood around this this inner room, this holy place. And he would do that in order to reestablish the connection for the people with God. It was renewing the connection. Let's read it together. We already read it. We already read a little bit from this passage. We're backing up just a bit. Here's verse uh, verse seven of Hebrews nine. But only the high priest entered the inner room. And that only once a year, and never without blood. As we said, it's the ultimate sign of life, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. And now let's look at verse nine. This is an illustration for the present time. Don't you like that? Although we're talking about ancient truth, it's for you, it's for me, it's for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered, listen to this, were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. In other words, the blood of those animals, they don't fix it. The blood just couldn't fix it. I was still feeling my guilt, still feeling shameful about what I did. And, and I just want to give you this picture in modern terms. Maybe you've come to Christianity as a religion, and you said, I agree with this concept, And I buy into the idea of Christianity, and I'm here and I'm living my life, but you've bought into Christianity as a religion. I want you to know you might be clean on the outside, but this hasn't been dealt with. The guilt and the shame is still there because the blood of these animals can't deal with it. We need to look at Christianity not as a religion, but as a whole new life, a whole new life. We, need the, we needed more powerful blood. That's why this didn't work. We needed blood that was more powerful. And in the message version of John chapter 1, verse 14, it says that Jesus, who is here called the Word, the Word became flesh and blood. We needed that. We needed God to show up. We needed God to come as a human. We needed God in his infinite powerful creator of the universe ways to come and what did he do he chose to be born in a womb he grew (laughs) blood pumped through his body and that blood became a sacrifice for you and for me we've been singing about it this morning and i want you now to look with me at continue in hebrews 9 verses 12 to 14 as we kind of come in to the end of our message It says he, speaking of Jesus, did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves. Why? Because we already read, it doesn't fix it. It doesn't take away the guilt. It doesn't take away the shame. But he entered the most holy place once for all. See, the the high priest had to go every year over and over again just to renew the relationship. But Jesus, Jesus makes a permanent connection for us once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. There's power in the blood, amen? Power in the blood of Jesus. And the writer goes on, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who were, are ceremonially unclean, sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean, still not dealing with the inside of me. And that's the problem, why Jesus shows up. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Jesus knew, Jesus knew that we couldn't deal with our sin, with our shame, with our guilt on our own. He knew that we needed help. We needed the power of the blood of Jesus. And and so I can try all I want to deal with these things, I can try and scratch them out. I can try and reframe them into something else. But the truth is, it's still there. I can't deal with it. Some of you would say, I'm going to feel ashamed my whole life. I'm going to take my guilt with me to the grave. This pain, this brokenness, this abuse, it's all here and it stays forever, cycling around inside of me. But I want you to know there's a wonderful verse in Hebrews chapter 12 that says this. I want you to think about these words. Sin, shame, guilt, pain, abuse, brokenness. But there's verse in Hebrews chapter 12 that says, the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. Hallelujah. The powerful blood of Jesus speaks a better word. And so Jesus comes and he realizes we can't deal with it. And so he applies his blood and he literally erases our sin that cancels our shame and removes our guilt. And he begins to provide healing in our lives and, 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 and restoration in our relationships. And we find ourselves now with a brand new slate. Only the power of the blood of Jesus can do that, friends. Only the power of the blood. And Jesus then, because of the power of his blood, speaks a better word. He says, you're forgiven. You're cleansed. You're healed. Because of the power of my blood. Jesus says that to you. He says, you can come and you can take what you need because there's power in this blood. You come and you receive the healing you need. You come, you receive the forgiveness you need. Lay your guilt and your shame down. It means nothing here anymore. Because Jesus, Jesus paid it all. Oh, thank you for the cross. (laughs) Thank you for the cross. I do want to pray with you today. Because this is this is an old-fashioned gospel message. I just felt that we needed it today. And I just want to share with you that there are really three things in my heart for you. Would you just take a minute, bow your head and pray with me and and actually we're going to respond by having communion together, which to me is just so perfect. <laughs> I just know there's somebody here today and and you've replaced a a centrality on the power of the blood of Jesus with self help. You know, you've replaced that. And, and, and you've kind of come to that place where you're you're thinking, you know, I I've been looking at those Instagram guys and they tell me ten ways to be to a better me, and I think I've been. I've been putting my focus in the wrong place. It hasn't been on the power of the blood that cancels my guilt and my shame and my poor body image and my, my lack of sense of success in my career. It doesn't cancel those things. It just forces me to do more and go harder. But listen, the blood of Jesus is powerful. Maybe that's it for you. Maybe, maybe repentance is just saying, man, I've been, I've been, I've been focused on lies. I need to focus on the truth of God, which is the power of the blood for me. Maybe you're here and you say, I actually don't have a relationship with Jesus. That's, you know, you're talking about sin and guilt and shame and brokenness and pain, and I feel all of that. I just want you to know I believe with all my heart that the power of Jesus still reaches to you. The blood of Christ can cover your life. That's what we were singing. It says, we're covered by his blood and that makes us clean. Come to Jesus today, come to him, give him your life. Say it right now, Jesus, take my life. I thank you for the power of your blood. Thank you for freedom and liberation. Thank you. Thank you. And I just say on behalf of all of us, as a church family, Lord, we just declare when it comes to a foundational truth, we will stand on the power of your blood. We'll proclaim the power of crucified Jesus who rose again and liberated us and freed us. We will stand on that truth. So we thank you for the power of your blood, Jesus. We receive it now. So my friend, I just tell you, just take what you need. Take what you need from the supply. It's endless his mercy, his grace, his love, his forgiveness, his healing, his provision, it's endless. Come and rest in him. Come and be washed and cleansed. So I invite you, as a response with me, let's glorify Jesus together today. You know, for those of you that are new to us, um, what we're going to do is we're going to take this small wafer and this, this is grape juice, and we're going to use them as, a, as a, a tool of remembrance before our God. It says that God gave us his very precious gift, his son, and his son shed his blood for us. So we focus on the broken body of Jesus and the shed blood of Jesus. And we remember, Jesus invites us to this table. It's actually set at his command, and we respond today. And so I want to invite you to prepare yourself for this. And I think we have such a clear picture of the power of the blood of Jesus. And I want to read with you, read to you from 1 Corinthians as we prepare ourselves now. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The broken body of Jesus for you. In the same way After supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The powerful blood of Jesus shed for you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, praise God. So Lord, we pray together now in Jesus' powerful name. We thank you, Lord, for the cross that won our victory. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you did not enter that most holy place by the blood of bulls and goats, but by your own blood once for all. It is finished, Lord. That's why you declared that on the cross, it is finished. The shed blood of Jesus Christ has won the victory. And so I pray, oh God, that you would allow us to experience that in our lives. Heal our broken places, forgive our sin, take away our shame and our guilt today. And Lord, we eat and drink to our health because by your stripes we have been healed. And so we stand in victory, and we believe in the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that has certainly saved us, that has freed us, and that has given us a brand new life. We celebrate that together today with great joy in our hearts. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Come on, let's stand together, and let's sing.